If it was good yesterday, it's good for today, right? So we're going to be talking about in it to win it. We started on this thing last week, and we're going to do a little bit of review on that. Then we're going to get into my second point today, and, and if, we, if we close it out, we'll close it out. But what kind of, what kind of race are we running? Are we, are we just running the race, or are we in it to win it? Uh, so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. You got your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Everything good? Are them your shoes? <laughs> hey, y'all give it up for Nick right quick. How about that? Amen. <laughs> we love Nick and Emma, without a doubt. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Uh, and as y'all are flipping there, I, I want to talk to you about in it to win it. I touched on it just a second ago, but how many of us go through life, and there's a common thread that I see with people that, that, are, are nearing their older age or in their older age or retiring or whatever that looks like. The, the One of the most, come on, brother. One, one of the most common threads that I hear is, I just wish I'd have done more. Right? He'll amen me on that. I, I wished I could have done more. I, I, I wished I could have been more effective. I wished I would have been more involved. Is, is that right? Amen? I'm guilty. I, I mean, I say I'm guilty. I admit that. I wish. The common thread in Teen Challenge is I wish I'd have got serious sooner when they get ready to graduate. When we get ready to graduate, life is our thread. I wish I'd have been in it to win it. Amen. I mean, if we're not doing all that we can for God all the time, if we're not just pressing in and we're chasing after God all the time, does that mean we're not saved? That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. I want the big trophy when I get there. Come on, give it up. I don't want the participation trophy. Amen. I want to be in it to win it, Brother Shoulders. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about gratifying me. We're bringing glory to him when I say that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's get into the word of God. We're going to start at verse 24. Do you not know? This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? He said to run in such a way that you may obtain it. Come on, that means to possess it. That you may obtain it or possess it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, he says... They do not obtain a, a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. He goes on to reiterate what he just said. When you see the word therefore, he's reiterating what he had just said. He says, therefore, I run this not with uncertainty. How many people are just existing in life that they're not living, but they're just alive? They're running with an uncertainty. Paul says, I'm running certain the race that God has laid out before me here. He says, therefore, run this not with uncertainty, but thus I fight as one who just beats the air. And, and, and he says, uh, what that looks like is you're fighting a fight and there's nothing. You're swinging in the dark. You're blindfolded and you're fighting a fight. And every now and then you hope you hit something. He says, don't run your race like that. Amen. Let me preach this morning to you, church. He says, but instead I discipline my body. Now there's a word that we all love to hear. Not that I swing a miss or I run for second place, but instead I discipline my body. 
Oh, we don't want to hear that word in our life. Come on now. In order to be a disciple of Christ, there first must be discipline. Amen? Listen to Paul. Take it up with, with Jesus on this. But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul is taking an ownership role right here, church. Listen to me. He's taking a leadership role right here. And he says, I'm not only going to tell you what you need to do, but I'm going to do that which I say as well. Amen. How many of us missing the mark right there? Well, this person should be acting this way. Or this person shouldn't be talking that way. Or can you believe what this person's watching on television? We have a tendency to want to talk the talk, but when it comes to walking the walk, are we finishing first in it to win it, or are we just getting a participation trophy? Come on, somebody. Paul's talking to church people right here. He's talking to the church. He's not talking to the heathen. He said, you're fighting a fight and you got a blindfold on. There's no way you're ever going to be able to knock the opponent out if you have a blindfold on. You're racing this race that God has laid out before you and you're thinking that you're going to gain instead of looking at the crown that's going to be imperishable. See, how are we viewing the race we're in to begin with? This thing's going a totally different direction. Praise God. How can we do that? How can we race a race blindfolded? How can we fight a fight blindfolded? How can we ever, ever be competitive enough to actually be in it to win it and win the race that God laid out before us if we don't even know what the finish line looks like? <laughs> what race are you in? What lap are you on? Some of y'all have been on the caution flag for way too long. That's from the Holy Ghost. Proceeding with caution. He never caused us to be caution. He never called you to be cautious. Instead, he said, be aggressive and take it. Ain't no one going to give you nothing. Amen. Did you get the white flag? Are you on your last lap? Come on, somebody. Y'all be watching that NASCAR. Some of y'all got the hat, the belt buckle. Who's, who's got the belt buckle? Some of y'all got a number 43 Richard Petty belt buckle somewhere in your house. Now, I know who's got it now. And if you're being convicted, you can bring it to me because I like Richard Petty too. Here's what I'm saying. We're all in different stages of this race called life. Amen. I guarantee you I could go around the crowd and ask some people, if you had it to do over, would you race that first half a little different than you did this last half? Come on, somebody. I know I sure would. There's some things that I might have done differently. At the end of the day, we're all looking at the finish line. How are we running our race to get there? Amen. The first thing that we established last week in order to even get in the race... See, there's some of us that think we're in the race, but we're not. We're on the heat laps. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the heat laps? The heat laps give you the opportunity to qualify for the big race. Are y'all with me? Are we in it to win it today, Mr. Stan? Amen. So some of us are in the heat race, and we, and we think it's the main. 
Brother, you ain't even in the race yet. You, you got the right decals on there, though. Jesus is my co-pilot. You got the right sponsor on there with the Jesus fish, right? You got the cross around your neck. You ain't even in the race, brother. You ain't even in the race. You got to get qualified first. And we learned in order to be qualified, what qualifies us to be even in the main race is the blood of Jesus and nothing of ourselves. Go to Romans 5. Hallelujah. I believe I could preach this sermon right here for a month. I do. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do to get qualified for this race. Remember I talked to y'all about this already. It was done on Calvary. The only thing we bring to the cross of Calvary, the only thing we have to offer the cross of Calvary was our filthy, wretched sin that made it possible to begin with. Right? How many times have I said that? So we want to get too big for our britches. Well, we want to think it's about us. I'm here to tell you the qualifying, the blood, it's still about him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, it was just our wretched sin that made Calvary possible. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I see so many people think they can get cleaned up good enough to come to Jesus. Or here's the flip side of that. I want to stop smoking before I come to the altar. What kind of sense does that even make? Like, like I, there's a few more things in my life that I got to get cleaned up before I give my life to Jesus. What are you talking about? You're disqualifying yourself. The reason that he spilt the blood out on Calvary is so you could come to him as messed up as you was. Thank you, Lord. I was a hot mess. I couldn't have put enough of brute cologne and shiny shoes to get to the altar and make myself feel good enough. Those of y'all that know what brute cologne, the same one's got the number 43 belt buckle, by the way. Come on, brother. There's the honest man of God right there. Yeah, Fabergé, brother. You can't, you can't put enough of Fabergé on to come to this altar to make you good enough to come to the feet of Jesus. It was the blood covenant that qualified us. Amen? Does everyone understand that? Only the blood. You can't write a big enough check. Thank you. You can't serve enough meals. You can't go to the jail and visit enough people. If you ain't covered in the blood, then you are disqualified. Amen. Romans 5, verse 6. I'm screaming. I don't know why. Y'all bear with me. Romans 5, verse 6. We're going to read 6 through 11. It says, For when we were still without strength, that's before Jesus. That's when we was in the heat race. That's when we were still on the trailer, in the garage, whatever it may be. However, you, we wasn't even in the race. He says, but when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who in here today is glad that Christ died for the ungodly? Amen. 
He says, but for scarcely a righteous man will one die for, but yet perhaps maybe a good man one may die for. But he says in verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. Say that's me. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. That much more than having now been justified through the blood of Jesus. That's the qualification right there, church. That yet, while we were still sinners, Jesus, the infinite plan that God had for for souls and salvation, He sent His Son directly at the right time. It wasn't a mistake that it was that day. It wasn't. It was foreknowledge that God had laid out that through the justification of the blood of Jesus, it would qualify us to get in the race. Give Him a hand clap of praise if you believe that. He don't make mistakes. <laughs> You're not a mistake. And that stuff that happened to you, someone needs to hear this. Someone needs to hear this right now. There was a kid somewhere, somehow, somewhere that thought they were a mistake. Maybe it's you in here. Maybe it's a child you had. It was not a mistake in the name of Jesus. Because God doesn't make mistakes. You hear me? But what are you going to do with it now? Are you going to wait till the end lap, to the middle of the race before you realize that it wasn't a mistake? Are you going to get right right now and realize that you're in a race? And God don't make mistakes in your race or mine, either one. Am I making sense? There's some things that happen in our lives. And God was there. In due season, it said. Right on time. Not a second early and not a second late. The word says he's the alpha and the omega. Watch this. It's going to blow your mind, church. It says he's the alpha and the omega. We know that's the beginning and the end. But watch this. He's that at the same time. Y'all are going to get it. If he's that at the same time, then he has to be everything in the middle also, right? There's no mistakes in your life ever made. Woo! Glory to God. He's an all-knowing God. He's counted every hair on your beautiful head, young lady. You know that? He's bottled every tear. And this is the God that we can't trust. This is the God that we have a hard time understanding. Right? Hallelujah. To qualify yourself through the blood of Jesus, the definition is to be entitled to a benefit by fulfilling a necessary condition. What's the necessary condition, preacher? You got to confess him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then you got to drop that confession down about 18 inches and believe it in your heart. Well, that's just too simple. (laughs) Takes the brute cologne right out of it. The belt buckle right out of it, right? A necessary condition. It's just that simple, guys, to qualify us. Lord, I confess you. I confess you, Lord. Help me believe it in my heart. Can we pray that prayer? Can we pray that prayer? There's examples in the Bible where they prayed that prayer. I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the Son of Man. It's not my belief, but help my unbelief. Are we praying that prayer or are we holier than thou? Can I be the preacher and say I still have some unbelief sometimes? 
Amen. Amen. That's as transparent as I can be. I'm the preacher. The man of the cloth, they say. A man of God. There's sometimes I lay up at night and I think about my children and I'm like, Lord, can you really get them through this? Is there some doubt in that? Absolutely. Lord, can I really be the husband that I'm supposed to be to my godly wife? Am I really that person? We'll just talk about me today. Lord, can I be the pastor to a hungry church? Have you really called me to do that? It keeps me up at night sometimes. Oh, but the sweet spirit of God that in due time, he comes right in and crawls in that bed with me or wherever I'm at, Brother Jerry. And he says, absolutely, not only have I called you to be a husband, not only have I called you to be a parent, not only have I called you to be a pastor, but I'm equipping you right now in due season through the justification of the blood. We're an overcomer, brother. And these little cliches, this too shall pass. Do you really believe? When sickness is knocking on your door, do you believe it? Are you qualified then? Or do you hear a knock in the motor and you say, I'm coming in. Something's wrong. Hallelujah. You got to make a necessary decision. Amen. It comes through confession, the word says in Romans, and believing. That's it. That's it. Some people need to hear that maybe on live stream today. The blood qualifies us, church. It's the blood. I talked to you in John chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me. Are y'all with me today? Hola, basandala, mashallah. John chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 10 and 12. I talked to y'all about reconciliation. Remember when I spoke on that last week? Does anyone remember that? Yeah. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 10 says, And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. But he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many, say that's me, but as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now watch this. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but was born of God. He gave you the right to be called a child of God. Y'all heard me talk about the rights that's connected to that. We forget our personal rights as being a child of God. We, we have authority as a child of God over sickness. Amen? Amen? See, we have an authority as a child of God. If we've been given the right to be called a child of God, then we have an authority, a right over divorce in our homes. We have a right as a parent, as a, as a born-again child, we have a right, an authority to take our, our children and cover them with the blood of Jesus. Oh, but we forget this. 
We have a tendency to forget the rights that we have. He says we are joint heirs. Once we've been qualified to get in the race, we have the same motor as Jesus Christ himself. We have a tendency to forget that this Holy Ghost that lives on the side of us, man, he's 10,000 horsepower, brother. Woo, glory to God. I got a 10,000 horsepower, full-blown nitrous Holy Spirit on the inside, and he's ready to go. You know what I'm talking about. All but the first little drop of rain says we can't race. <laughs> Amen. He said, speak to the storm. Speak to your storms in life. The first little cloud shows up, brother. We're ready to put it on the trailer. Uh, we'll try again next Sunday. Some of y'all get that too. Hallelujah. It's the blood that reconciled us, and that's it. Nothing that we've done. As far as sin can be separated from God is that chasm that I talked about. You're here, and he's there. The only thing that can bring that distance from heaven to earth, the only thing that can fulfill that distance is the blood of Jesus. That's your message of reconciliation right there. My second point is after we get qualified, and I'm going to get through the second point today. After we get qualified for the race, we're no longer on the trailer. We've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. We believe it in our heart. We are blood bought, right? We are a child of the Most High God. And we're starting to figure out, do we run the low groove or the high groove? Do we work better in the draft with other cars like ours? Are we better left out here by ourselves? In other words, after we get qualified, we got to learn to compete in the race. Come on, somebody. Are we competing? Because being qualified is just not enough. It's better than being on the trailer. But I'm not racing for last place. Amen. Right? So I want to be able to compete. I don't know of any racer that comes down to Buffalo Valley Dragway that... They, when they unload that trailer, none of them say, well, I guess I'll come in last today. I ain't ever heard one of them say, they got the car to beat this week. They got the car to beat this week. Are you the one that someone's going to have to beat this week? Are you going to tell more people about Jesus than the guy beside you this week? Is your light going to shine more than the person beside you? We got to compete. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Hallelujah. Hey, you know what I believe? I believe on Sunday afternoons when we, while y'all are turning there, keep going. Um, I, I firmly believe without a shadow of a doubt that we're sending out nothing but great race cars here. Let's, let me put it like that. I, I think you guys, and I just want to tell you that, the majority of people in this church, I think without a doubt, are the influence in their community and homes. I believe that wholeheartedly. I just never want us to get weary in doing well. Amen. Does that make sense? That's, that's the word too. Amen. First Timothy 6. Hallelujah. Y'all hot in here? It's a, little, it's a little bit hot. We get that old-fashioned church going. We got to put them fans to work. Amen. Chapter 6, verse 6. We're talking about competing now. It's my second point. We've, we've been qualified, now we're going to compete. 
chapter 6, verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can take nothing out. That's a great place for an amen. amen. And having food and clothing, with these things we say shall we, we shall say we're content. But those who desire to be rich, they fall into temptation and a snare. The word says, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which have drawn men into destruction. Verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness. And pierce themselves through many sorrows. Now watch this. But you, O man of God. Now he's talking to us now. The qualified ones. You hear what I'm saying? He's talking to the blood-bought church. But you, O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness. Amen? He says godliness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith, love, patience, gentleness. gentleness. And he says for you to fight the good fight of faith. And through that, you can lay a hold of eternal life. Hallelujah. He said, you are also called and have confessed the good confession. We talked about that a minute ago in the presence of many witnesses. He said, if you'll just fight the good fight of faith, even when the motor is sputtered, listen to me, church. Uh, when one of the tires are getting low. Maybe you've hit the wall a time or two. May, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, if you'll just continue to fight the good fight of faith, he says, you will lay hold of eternal life. Amen. Is there anyone ever hit the wall before? Amen. All right. I've hit the wall. And then came around the next lap and hit it right in the same spot again. Doing the same exact thing I was doing before I hit the wall the first time. Come on, right? Hallelujah. To compete, the definition of compete is to strive and win something by defeating something or by defeating or establishing superiority over something greater than yourself. That's what it means to compete. To compete means to strive and win at something by defeating or establishing superiority over something greater than yourself. Man, that's huge. That's huge. There's some people in the church today under the sound of my voice that may be watching online or in the building today that there's some things that's been bigger than you. There's some things in your life going on right now. If we could get transparent and get real with God, these things are trying to take you out. Whether it's your health, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, your business, your finances, the list goes on and on and on. There's some things that's been trying to take you out and you're ready to give up. You're ready to stop competing. I fought this for so long, I don't know what else to do. You're making statements of defeat. You're giving up. But the Lord is saying, I'm here with you. Let me tell you. Let me share my heart with you today. Right there before you give up, if you'll just cry out one more time. Come on, Mom. If you'll just cry out one more time and say, Lord, I don't want to give up. I need your help. I need you right now, Lord, in this situation. 
And all of a sudden, the engine starts hitting on all eight cylinders. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you have a drive to get on the altar and get more serious about pressing into that Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. I'm talking to someone in the church today. If you'll just press in a little more, he's saying don't give up. Don't stop competing because there's something that you're going to overcome that's bigger than yourself. Oh, y'all know what it is. We all have them in our own life. We've all got them in our life. We just need a little help with it. You know, the NASCAR guys, they have that headset on, right? They have that, that helmet with the earpiece in it. And they got a guy, a crew chief, and they got a spotter. And they're whispering in his ear, stay low or go high. Or there's, there's trouble up ahead. Get on the brakes. Or accelerate now. Make your move. Well, he's got some help around him, right? Come on, somebody. Do you see the picture I'm painting? We need some help around us. And he needs to come from on high. He needs to be our spotter. He needs to be our crew chief. He needs to be our mechanic. He needs to be the one to help us compete the race that... He laid out for you in the name of Jesus. When the chaos of all the other cars are around me, and the wall's right beside me, and there's something bumping me in the back, there's someone bumping me on the side, all I can do is focus on what's going on right here. But I got this voice on the inside that's telling me what I need to be doing. Woo, glory to God. Who loves the Holy Ghost in the house today? For those of y'all that didn't catch what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me spell it for you. Holy Ghost. There's a voice on the inside. I don't care if you speak in tongues or if you don't speak in tongues. How about that? I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about hearing what's right and wrong from the Holy Ghost of God. And if you'll question that, if you'll get on an altar, I don't care if it's where your home or right here. This is a great meeting. But if you'll get on the altar of, of, of God and ask him, Lord, am I doing, am I competing the way you would have me to compete? I guarantee you you'll hear from him in the name of Jesus. It'll come on and say, you're going a little low. You need to go a little, you're fixing to hit some trouble. That's how it works. Your spotter will tell you about it. But are we okay with doing that? It's kind of like the pit stop, guys. It's not that you're going back to the trailer. You're not getting loaded on and no longer competitive. You're just making a pit stop and you want to hear from your crew chief. <laughs> I'm running out of gas. My tires are low. I don't know how much time's left in the race, but I know it ain't over. You need to tell me something. Right? And they make a couple adjustments, right? What's that thing they turn? Take a little camber out. Put some fresh tires on it. Fresh can of gas. And then boys come in there sideways when they come in there and stop. But when they leave, man, they're spinning out. They're ready to go again. They're feeling good because they've heard from their crew chief. Right? That's all we need to do as a church. I told you, I believe that every one of y'all are running on eight cylinders. I'm not here to condemn. The Holy Ghost convicts. Amen? What I'm saying is some of us just need a pit stop. Woo, glory to God. Some of us just need a pit stop up here every now and then. If we're in it to win it, we know we got to get some new tires. Amen? We know we need some more gas. Amen? We know that we need, watch this. You know that old windshield protector they pull off? 
Well, you'll start seeing more clearer then. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is how we compete, okay? Turn to Ephesians 6, and I'm going to call the guys up here in just a second. I think I've made my point on qualifying and competing. Ephesians 6. We're all familiar with this, or I hope we are. Verse 10. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church again. Right? He says, finally, my brethren, be strong. Compete is what, what you could say that as. Finally, my brother, compete. Be strong in the Lord in the power of your grace. What does it say? He says, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Right? Like I can have all the best ideas in the world. Listen to me, Josh. I can have all the great ideas in the world, and I'm 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 prayed I'm prayed up, and, and I'm read up, and I'm churched up, and I'm ready to run this race. But I promise you this: until I get in the power of the car and the power of His might, I can run around Talladega all I want. But I guarantee you, I ain't gonna do too good on my feet in my power. Amen. That's right. Amen. Did y'all like that? <laughs> But once I step into his might, right, all of a sudden I can compete now, brother. See, we're running races with good intentions. We just don't have the power of God in it. We're running races that God has ordained for us. We just don't have the right vehicle under us. Am I making sense? It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See, we think the problem is the wife. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We think the problem is the probation officer. Uh, we think the problem is the kid. It says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. See, we're in a race right now. We don't even know who we're racing. We think it's Joe Biden's fault. can applaud that one if you want to. The word says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Amen. He says, but instead, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen to me. There's a spiritual battle going on around us. And it comes in the form of Washington, D.C., or addiction, or divorce, or whatever, filling your own. Whatever you're going through, it comes in the form of that. But it's not flesh and blood. It's spiritual. Amen. 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 So in order for us to wrestle against this, we have to wrestle it not with our hands and our feet, but spiritually. Amen. 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 
It says, therefore, he says, now here's how you're going to do it. I'm going to equip you for the spiritual battle if you'll just listen to the blueprint, okay? He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, not part of the armor of God, not, a, not just the salvation part of God, but the whole armor of God is what he says. He says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, come on somebody, in the evil day and having done all to stand. There's a reoccurring word there. He says, stand. Get some more. Hallelujah. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Is your waist girded with truth in your life? Mm. <laughs> now we're fixing to hit home, ain't we? Is everything in your life truthful that can be tested to the Word of God? Amen. Come up here and ask Him. Come to the pit stop and ask Him. Have you put on the breastplate of righteousness? Are you living a righteous life the best that you can? And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all things, do you have the shield of faith in your life? This is how we compete. Amen. Having the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He says, and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. That's the only offensive weapon we have. He says, that's the word of God. This is how we fight our battles right here, church. Yeah. It's through the word of God. It's a spiritual battle. He says, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. What he's saying is we stand and we fight and we compete and we do it through faith, righteousness, the word of God, the rock of our salvation and the spirit of the Lord. He says we do it through Jesus. That's what he says. Pap, you guys want to come up or however y'all are doing it. If we're ever going to fight, the, if we're ever going to compete, if we're ever going to compete, we got to know what race we're in. <laughs> We got to know who we're racing. And we got to know how to overcome it. Amen. Hallelujah. Next week, we're going to go over what it looks like to win that race. But this week, I challenged you guys. We hold that, please. I challenged you guys to make a pit stop this week. So we're going to figure out how to win next week, okay? We know how to get qualified. We know we got to compete. But I asked you guys. When I read that list right there, is what we're doing truthful in every area? Are we living righteous? Are we pressing into the Word of God? Do we have faith? I'm not saying you don't, but could you come in and get a pit stop to get a little more? Is what I'm saying. It's what I talked about. I want to encourage you. If you've heard something today that you may be needing there's no shame in it. It's not like you're not in the race. You're just taking a pit stop. We all need them. I know y'all seen me on the altar before, but through the week, I'm on the altar all the time. So even the preacher goes to the altar. 
Because sometimes my faith wavers. I talked about that, right? Sometimes I don't live as righteous as I should. I've talked about that, right? I mean, I'm as transparent as I can be with y'all. That don't mean I'm still not competing. I just need a pit stop every now and then. I want to encourage you. If there's something in your life that you want to give over to God, maybe your tank's running low on a particular fuel that you need, I want to encourage you to come to the altar as Pat plays. The altars are open in Jesus' name. While these guys, while these people are on the altar, while Pap's playing, is there anyone that needs any special prayer today? You got something going on? Me and my wife, the board, we can lay hands on you, watch God move, anything at all? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. stay here for just a minute. Is there anyone under the sound of my voice? Now y'all know I don't beat around the bush. Maybe you thought you was being in the big race but the Holy Spirit may have gave you some conviction today and now you're still making heat laps. In other words what I'm saying is maybe you thought you was qualified 
but you realize today that you're not qualified. I'm talking about being washed in the blood, okay? You thought you were saved, but maybe the Holy Spirit convicted you today. And you realize, man, I, I may not be saved. If that's anybody in the house, will you just raise your hand? Anybody at all? Maybe you once was saved, but now you feel like through the Holy Ghost of conviction that you've been on the trailer too long and you're not even sure if you qualify for the race anymore. Anybody? Anybody at all? Hallelujah. 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 God's good, ain't he? Amen. He's good. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen, guys. We're going to dismiss. I want to reiterate a couple of announcements. If all hearts and minds are good in here, everybody's good. Don't forget, we got Sunday night in-depth Bible study tonight with Brother Larry. And then uh, also don't forget to bring some candy, lobby for some candy for people. In Jesus' name, pray for this church, these little kids downstairs. Pray for this congregation, this board, me and my wife, that God can keep leading us in the direction that he'd have us to go. We need you guys. If you had any prayer requests, you can fill them out. You can hand them to me back here or Brother Scott, someone at the door. We're going to get them to the right hands so we can start praying for you guys. You can also do it. Uh, you can drop them in the offering plate. Remember, we want to get this thing going. Prayer is what moves mountains. Amen. So uh, I know, I think Brother Larry has spoken with your intercessory prayer team. Is that right? In the fellowship hall. If we've already talked to you about it, just going to meet over in the fellowship hall for just a minute on what that looks like. And um, we'll go from there. All hearts and minds clear. Uh, we love you guys so much and we appreciate you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you again uh, for being a good God. We praise you, Father God. Uh, we asked you to show up earlier today, and lo and behold, you did exactly that. Uh, let us go out this week, Father God, and compete in the race that you've given us to run, Father. And we're going to give you glory for that, and we're going to give you honor for it, Father God. Be with this little church and everyone involved, Lord, as we are the influence when we depart from here. We ask these things and believe these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And the church said...